Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 10. On this week's show, we're going to discuss a topic that I'm pretty sure I get the most questions about on a regular basis at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and that, of course, is the unlimited alcohol packages. This relatively new offering by Royal Caribbean has a lot of people asking questions about what the plan covers, who can get it, and of course, is it worth it? So let's explore this, and we're also going to include some of your listener feedback. Here we go. In 2012, Royal Caribbean announced two new alcohol packages that were going to offer guests unlimited drinks on their cruises. And Royal Caribbean's addition of this was actually to match what some of the other cruise lines were doing already. Now, there are two packages that we're going to be talking about. The first is the classic beverage package, and this is $45 per guest per day, including service charges. And this plan will include all the beer, house wine by the glass, all non-alcoholic cocktails, fountain soda, and juices you can drink. The other plan is called the premium beverage package, and this is $55 per day per guest, and this includes all the beer, frozen drinks, all cocktails, including premium brands, House wines by the glass, all non-alcoholic cocktails, fountain soda, and juices you can drink. Now, both packages are available on cruises that are at least four nights or longer, and both packages must be purchased at the least on the first day of the cruise. You can also pre-purchase this in advance via the Royal Caribbean website. Now, guests choosing either package must buy the package for every single guest 21 years or older sailing in the same stateroom. Now, the exception to this, and the only exception, is if someone else in your stateroom is over the age of 21, has a medical reason why they cannot drink. For instance, they may be pregnant. They might have an allergy. And if that is the case, you can speak with guest services on board your ship about getting the package removed for that person. It may be smart if you are one of those people or have someone sailing with you that does have a medical reason why they can't drink to get a doctor's note or some sort of proof that they, in fact, should not be consuming alcohol. So let's look at the packages versus buying a la carte. Now, most beer on the cruise is going to run between about 5 and $6 a beer, generally speaking. And most mixed drinks are going to be about between 7 and $10. Now, the benefits of the unlimited drink package are this. An obvious one is you get to get as much drinks as you want without having to pay for them each single time. So you can drink as much as you can <laughs> physically consume. You can also prepay in advance of your cruise, as I mentioned earlier, which helps break up the cost. That way, when you get on your ship, you're not paying anything on your onboard account, and all those drinks were already paid off maybe months, if not years in advance. It also gives you a great opportunity to try new drinks you might not otherwise ask to buy because you're afraid it would you know, be a waste of money, if you don't like it, of course. And lastly... The ben- another benefit of the unlimited drink package is it includes gratuity, so there's no additional cost at all. It's all included in the package. Now, the disadvantage of the drink package is, well, there's a large upfront cost to it. As an example, for two people on a seven-night cruise, which is fairly common on Royal Caribbean, it will cost you $770 for the premium drink package. That's a lot of money to lay out. The drink package also does not include when you are in you know, ports, if you're visiting Nassau, the Bahamas, or Cozumel in Mexico, or Rome, Italy. Obviously, what are you when you go off the ship and you go to the various islands or cities or when you're visiting, the drinks over there are not included. The exception is the drink package does cover drinks on Royal Caribbean's private islands of Labadee and Coco Cay. Now, neither plan includes room service or in-state room purchases, specialty coffee, mini bar items, canned sodas, 
bottled water and juice, and souvenir glassware, specialty beers that are listed on the bar menus, or any super premium category beverages. I know that's a lot to include. Most of the stuff is pretty straightforward. The specialty beers and super premium category beverages are basically super high-end things that are pretty obvious. You know, beers that cost $20 or scotches that are like 50 years old and cost a ridiculous amount per, per drink. Those are the exceptions. Now, of course, there's also another disadvantage, which is, and some people might argue this point, is over-serving guests becoming drunk, essentially, on the cruise. And some people don't handle their liquor all that well. But if you are considering the packages, let's look at breaking even what you have to do to drink each day in order to, quote-unquote, get your money's worth. Because the idea is, of course, if you're buying this package, you want this to be perhaps a value proposition for you. Certainly, there's a convenience to it. But at the end of the day, if you could save $200 by paying a la carte, one would think you would pay a la carte. So to break even with the standard drink package, as the drink package that only essentially includes beer and wine, you need to drink about 8 to 10 beers or glasses of wine a day. Now, to break even on the premium drink package, you'll need to drink six to seven mixed drinks per day. And of course, you can also mix in beer and wine with that, but then you'll need to increase the amount of drinks since beer and wine are cheaper than mixed drinks. And of course, there are other drinks as well. We're omitting juices and non-alcoholic mixed, uh, mixed drinks, or they're not mixed drinks, <laughs> they're just cocktails, and uh, fountain soda, which are included as well. But their value is so little, you know, only a couple dollars that it's not really worth mentioning, but Sure, you could get that as well. Now, of course, all these packages are only for one person. So even if you're, let's say, there's, you're going in two different cabins, right? And cabin A gets it, two people in that cabin get the package, cabin B does not. You cannot get drinks under your package for people in cabin B. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's only for you. They check the ID, and that's how it works. And, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So really, the question is, um, you know, are the unlimited alcohol packages, quote unquote, worth it? And that's really going to come down to, I think, a lot of personal choices. Now, there's some obvious things to keep in mind. One, if you're going on a non-port intensive itinerary, then the value they offer can be really good. And what I mean by that is, you know, a cruise that offers maybe as many sea days as port days or offers a significant amount of sea days. What you don't want is like, for instance, the cruise that I just took on Jewel of the Seas that was in the Southern Caribbean where it was a seven night cruise with six islands being visited. That was obviously not a great proposition for me because I'd be spending most of the time off the ship and it wouldn't be a good, great value proposition. But if you're going on a cruise that may be leaving out of the northeast of the United States, cruises all the way down to the Caribbean, usually it's two or three days each way, sea days, and that can definitely be worth it. Also, if they're going to islands that you're not that interested in getting off at, that might be another consideration. Also, there are some cruises where Royal Caribbean offers the premium drink package for free. Usually these are on harder to book, harder to fill rather cruises like the transatlantic cruises as an example. The bottom line is regardless of which plan you're talking about, it's a lot to drink, especially on longer cruises to make up the value. Anybody can drink a lot, you know, one, two, three, maybe even four nights of, of a cruise. But as they start to progress, most people are going to maybe have some problem with it. And for what tends to be a, a deal breaker for a lot of people is everyone over the age of 21 has to purchase the package. And as often the case, an example, perfect example is my own family. I feel like in my heart of hearts, I could probably get the money's worth out of it. It would be, you know, it would be a bit of a challenge for me, but I think I could do it. My wife, on the other hand, while she enjoys a nice drink every now and then, is not one of those people and she could never do it. But we would have to buy for both of us. And in that situation, it doesn't make sense because of, again, 
value proposition. There's no way she's making up that money. Now, one possibility is you really have to kind of figure out how much you're planning on drinking on a cruise. And again, when we were saying earlier, with I will use the premium drink package as the example here, where we were talking about you know, a situation where you're going to have to really to break even per day, you're going to have to drink six to seven mixed drinks a day. You know, that's really, realistically speaking, well, you know, maybe in the morning you have a Bloody Mary or Mimosa or two, let's say two, make it easier math. Okay. So you're going to get two. have a nice good morning. Hello. You're going to have two drinks there. Then you go again, we're assuming maybe it's a sea day or it's a day where you get back onto the ship for lunch and then you have another drink or two. So we're at three or four now. And we're still only about halfway there. You get back on the ship. Maybe you have to be back on by 5.30 or so. You have a pre-drink, a pre-dinner drink or two. Certainly that makes some sense there. And then you have a nightcap and you're in the ballpark. But you got to do that every single day. Now, it's easier on sea days. If you're on sea days, hey, you're sitting by the pool. Garcon, can I have another pina colada, please? No problem at all. And that can be a lot easier. It's really those port days where it becomes more and more difficult to do. The other thing, again, I think is is what I call drink fatigue. And again, you, you're you on the ship day one. Yeah, man, I can do this. No problem at all. Day two, absolutely. You know, speaking from personal experience, by day three or four, you know, having the morning mimosa, having the afternoon drink, I mean, at some point, I just don't want to have necessarily. I'm drinking for the sake of drinking, not for the sake of I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it, but you know what I mean. It, it kind of gets old after a little while. But of course, I can try different drinks and Depending on the cruise, it might not be a bad idea, especially maybe if we're going with a cruise that I'm not bringing my daughter for, and I have an opportunity to really relax, be a little uh, self-centered, and you know have my own drinks with some friends and family. That might not be a bad idea. I really believe the drink package comes down to, ultimately, do you really enjoy drinking a lot? And if the answer is yes, and if we were going through these daily exercises about how many drinks you had to drink, and this was like nothing to you, and you're like, so what? I think this is a great package for you and can save a lot of money. The flip side to that is if you're kind of balking at that, and that sounds like a lot to drink, which to me it kind of does a little bit, you know, maybe that's not the best solution for you. Now, one of the options that I've always recommended to people since this package came out is, you know what, if you're going on a cruise and you're kind of iffy on it, do this. Take the money that would be worth it. So again, assuming this is a seven-night cruise to people, $770, you can put that money aside on, say, a gift card and say, this is our drinking money. And you take that gift card, and gift cards... I'm talking like one of those like, you know, Visa gift cards, cash cards, or an Amex cash card. You know, basically, it's a credit card with a set amount of money on it. And use that to pay for your drinks. You can, of course, always go to Royal Caribbean to guest services. Say, you know, here's my uh, amount of money. Uh, I'd like to put, you know, $200 off this here. Uh, you can go into port when you're not even on the ship and use that to pay for drinks. And use that as kind of a guide. And if you end up spending more than $770 or whatever the amount that you happen to put on there, well, then it Next time, you'll know that you need the drink package. But if you don't, which may be the case if you're iffy about it, then you'll have leftover money. And the great part is you get to keep that money. So it might be a good way for you to figure out if you're on the fence about it, what to do. Uh, And of course, you can always just bring hard cash and do the same thing. I I figure the card is a little bit easier and more convenient to do. So there's good and there's bad. The convenience factor of the package is hard to deny. And it's certainly a great way to enjoy having a couple of drinks while on board and be able to try out some new drinks. But again, if it sounds like a little too much, it might be that case, and you might be better off without it. Now, of course, I want to know what you think about this. I'm always looking for your feedback about what you think about everything we're talking about on this show. So you know what? We're going to feature a lot of your comments on next week's show. So if you have, a, if you tried 
the unlimited alcohol package. Let us know. How did you like it? Did you try it? You liked it? Was it worth it? If you haven't tried it or you think yourself, man, that's just a, too much to drink, I want to hear about that as well. We'd like to hear what you think all about that. So, of course, you can email us, tweet us, Facebook us, all that information. We'd love to hear about that for our next show. I've got some great listener feedback to share with everybody. And of course, I love getting feedback. So if you've got your thoughts, opinions, comments, think I'm wrong, whatever it is, I want to hear about it. And we're going to start with an email from Christopher Percy, who writes us about my Jewel of the Seas podcast that we recently did. It says, very interesting podcast on your recent cruise of Jewel. As I mentioned to you, previous emails, Jewel and Radiance class ships are one of our favorites in Royal Caribbean. I also followed your daily blogs while on board and appreciate your candor and telling it like it is. My wife and I really enjoy Chops too. So thank, looking forward to your next podcast. Thank you, Christopher. And I got to say, a lot of people are always talking. I was read about it. I was heard about it, that the Radiance class ships, and especially Jewel of the Seas, were, was really beautiful. And I didn't quite understand. I was like, well, you know, most of the Royal Caribbean ships are pretty darn good looking. But really, the, the glass, the decor, I really fell in love with what Jewel offers. So totally on board. Consider me a Jewel and Radiance class super fan like everybody else now. Next up, we have an email from Lasidia. Just listen to your last synopsis of the cruise. We'll be sailing on Jewel of the Seas November 30th for the Southern Caribbean, but it looks like there are only two islands that we'll have in common with our itinerary. I want to contact Leo. I know you posted his number, but if you could give it to me, I would appreciate it. I have a very hard time navigating in the cruise critics' boards. Sometimes I will read something and then I can never find it again. Thanks for sharing. This will be our second time on Jewel. The last time we sailed on her was a 10-night cruise to the Panama Canal. That cruise was awesome. We've had Carly B. before as our cruise director. We've always sailed to Royal Caribbean, but next fall we'll be venturing out and using Norwegian, departing New York City, and going to Canada, hopefully, to experience the changing of the Leafs. Thanks for the email, Lysidia. And I have emailed you Leo's number. And in fact, if anybody wants, Leo, of course, was the driver I had in St. Martin, who was amazing. And if anybody's like his number, I'll, I'll happily say it right here so you can share because he's a great guy. His phone number is 721 524 4290. Again, great guy. I highly recommend him if you're going to take a, an excursion for that. Uh, regarding your cruise, it sounds like you got a great couple cruise plan, in fact. Uh, you have the November 30th cruise on Southern Caribbean. There is actually a different itinerary, which I did see, and we thought about that, but this was more port-intensive, so we wanted to try this one. But I'd love to hear, Lysidia, how you enjoy that Southern Caribbean cruise, because I think it's I think you're going to have a phenomenal time regardless. So looking forward to hearing about that. Next up, we have a Facebook message from Jackie Hall. Listen to the podcast. I had to laugh about the honey stung chicken because I had to try it on Enchantment of the Seas after reading about it on the blog. Oh, man, it was definitely not my cup of tea. But I will look at it fondly when I eat at the Windjammer on Embarkation Day on Freedom in February. Oh, I just, uh, this is back to Matt now. Jackie didn't write this. But I I said Windjammer, Windjammer. This is a, a, an ongoing joke that I feel like since I just dropped the name, I'll, I'll explain in my family, we went on a Royal Caribbean cruise a long time ago, and my sister were going there, and she saw the Windjammer and thought, for whatever reason, don't know why, she thought it was called Windjammer. <laughs> she said that to us, just like I just said that, and we all started laughing because we thought it was just a funny way of saying it, and it just stuck. It's a family joke. So if nothing else, I hope this podcast gets everybody to start calling the Windjammer the Windjammer. It's just funny, and I find it highly amusing. But anyway, back to Jackie's qu- uh, comment about the honey stung chicken. You know, a lot of people just, it's, a lot of people say that, you know, they don't love it. It's nothing special. And it isn't. It's, it's fried chicken. It's, there's nothing inherently special about fried chicken. What I think is really cool about it is, again, 
It's only served on embarkation day generally. So the benefit is it you're excited. And you know what? Everything tastes a little bit better when you're really excited. So appreciate the feedback though, Jackie. Lastly, we have another Facebook message from Bridget Atkins. Quick question. We're going on our fourth Royal Caribbean cruise Thanksgiving week, Freedom of the Seas. I was looking to book our shows in advance. As of right now, there's only one show list, and that's the Ice Show with four show times. Do you think this will be the only show that week, or perhaps they're just not listed yet? Well, definitely there's going to be more shows than that, and there's going to be some musical shows available. There's going to be some comedy shows, a magic show, and there's definitely going to be more available for you. I'm surprised that you don't have quite more of a schedule yet for that. The thing is, aside from, the Ice Show does fill up quite uh, quickly, and that one I do recommend getting tickets for. The other shows, generally speaking, I and again, I was on Freedom in February, and we saw a couple different shows. I don't recall them ever really filling up all that much. That being said, I wouldn't show up you know, a minute before showtime, but tickets aren't necessarily as, as critical to get uh, for those shows as, as they are for the ice shows. But I think it's a great time, and I hope you really enjoyed it, Bridget. And again, let us know how those shows worked out for you. And of course, just like everybody else here, Bridget, uh, everyone else that, that emailed us and commented on us, you can, of course, share your comments, questions, whatever is on your mind. We want to hear about it. So you can tweet us. We're at the RCL blog on Twitter. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. You can call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail, which is 646-783-9405. Or you can, of course, email us the old-fashioned way, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. However you send it to us, we'll be sure to feature it on our next episode. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.